While it is commonly associated with stereotypes of alcoholism and depression, the European nation of Finland is among the happiest, most developed nations in the world. In 2018, 2019, and 2020, Finland has ranked first on the annual World Happiness Report. In 2015, Finland ranked first in World Human Capital, as well as on the Press Freedom Index. In 2010, Newsweek named Finland as the best country to live in. The United Nations puts them at 12th in the world on the Human Development Index, higher than the United States, the United Kingdom, and Canada. As a member state of the European Union and NATO, the nation also holds considerable political power. Finland has had a very fascinating history in and of itself. After declaring independence from the USSR in 1918, the Finnish Civil War pitted communists, known as Reds, and monarchists, known as Whites, against each other. The Whites won, but an attempt to establish a Finnish monarchy failed, and Finland instead became a republic. Fast forward to 1939, and the tensions which led to World War II were beginning to mount. Nazi Germany and the USSR were rapidly expanding their territory, and in 1939, the two nations signed the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, effectively splitting Poland between themselves. Fearing that Germany would invade them through their border with the neutral Finland, the USSR decided to invade Finland to give themselves a buffer zone. This invasion and the ensuing conflict became known as the Winter War. As would be expected after such an invasion, Finland did not take this breach of their sovereignty very well. Following the Soviet invasion of the Karelian Isthmus, the Finnish army mobilized to combat the Soviets. Soviet Premier Joseph Stalin expected the war to last no more than a month, and he had good reason to believe this. The Red Army had double the number of soldiers, 35 times the number of aircraft, and over 200 times the number of tanks as the Finnish army. Despite this, the Winter War would go on to be one of the most stunning military upsets of all time. While Finland eventually lost the war just due to the sheer manpower of the USSR, they were able to hold off the Soviets for almost a year, and Soviet casualties exceeded 300,000. I could probably do an entire episode about the Winter War itself, but I digress. This massive Finnish resistance to the invasion was due to a combination of two things, brilliant guerrilla warfare tactics by Finnish generals and the ineptitude of Soviet generals, and perhaps one of the most fascinating guerrilla soldiers of all time fought in the war. In addition to the Winter War, he also fought in a total of four wars, under the flags of three nations. I'm going to tell you all about him, right now, on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 18th episode of this podcast, and I'm glad you're still coming back. Special thank you to Patreon subscriber Sodak Zack. 
If you want to receive a shout out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash historia obscura and becoming a patron. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. Lauri Alan Torni was born on May 28, 1919, in Vipuri, Finland. From a young age, he was extremely interested in athletics. He excelled in several sports, including soccer, ice hockey, and boxing, but his true passion was in skiing. He obtained a scholarship to business school with his skiing, and after obtaining a degree in business, he enlisted in the Finnish army in 1938. Torni was stationed in Kiviniemi on the Karelian Isthmus, and soon after, the Winter War began. Now, remember how I mentioned that the Finnish army used guerrilla warfare tactics during the Winter War? One of the most efficient of these tactics revolved around the inability of Soviet tanks to handle the snowy Finnish terrain. The Finns were well aware of this, giving Finnish soldiers swarmy submachine guns, dressing them in white camouflage, and putting them on skis. Once the tanks broke down, these soldiers would instantly appear and ambush the Soviet units. Torney's skiing experience helped him tremendously, and he quickly ascended the ranks of the Finnish army, being promoted to second lieutenant by the end of 1939. During this time, he also befriended Simo Haiha, who is considered the deadliest sniper in history, with over 500 kills to his name. Torney, Haiha, and other snipers and machine gunners devised another strategy, which involved covering frozen lakes with snow. Once Soviet troops began marching over the lakes, the snipers and machine gunners would shoot out the ice, and entire Soviet battalions would be lost in seconds. Fun fact, Molotov cocktails, which are glass-filled bottles filled with gasoline for those unfamiliar, were invented by the Finnish army during the Winter War. These weapons, which were humorously named after Soviet Foreign Minister Vyacheslav Molotov, were set on fire and dropped into Soviet tanks. Despite the successful Finnish resistance, they just couldn't compete with the manpower of the Soviets. The Red Army broke through and captured most of Karelia in February of 1940. On March 12, 1940, the Moscow Peace Treaty was signed, officially ending the war. Finland was forced to cede Karelia as well as several islands to the USSR. As for Lauri Torni, he wished to continue his military service after the end of the war. In June of 1941, Torni went to Vienna in Nazi-occupied Austria in order to receive training from the Waffen-SS. Two months later, he returned to Finland to fight in the Continuation War. 
The continuation war began after Germany offered to help Finland retake Karelia from the USSR in exchange for forming a diplomatic alliance with Germany in World War II. During the continuation war, Torney was put in charge of an elite unit of soldiers who went behind enemy lines. This unit was so successful that the Red Army put a 3 million Finnish mark, that's about $600,000, bounty on Torney's head. For his unit's success, Torney was promoted to the rank of captain, and he was awarded the Mannerheim Cross, Finland's most distinguished military honor. While Finland would eventually lose the continuation war in 1944, the story of Lauri Torni certainly did not end there. Under the Moscow Armistice, which ended the continuation war, Finland was forced to cede more land to the USSR, and the Finnish army was downsized significantly. This left Lauri Torni unemployed, and a business degree isn't super useful when your country is being bombed into the ground and your goods are all being rationed, so Torni began looking for a way to organize a resistance movement against the USSR. In January of 1945, he was recruited by the German army to participate in saboteur training in Schweden, Germany. Torney completed the training, but due to naval blockades, he was unable to find transportation back to Finland. Because of this, he instead fully enlisted in the German army, and he fought on the Eastern Front in the last days of World War II. In April of 1945, Torney was captured by British forces and sent to a POW camp in Lübeck, Germany. He escaped from the camp in June of that year in the hopes of seeing his family again. Due to the Winter War, Torney's family was forced to move from Vipuri to Helsinki. While traveling to Helsinki, Torney was arrested by Finnish police, but he escaped shortly after. In April of 1946, he was arrested again and put on trial for treason for joining the German army. He was sentenced to six years in prison in January of 1947. In June of that year, he escaped yet again, but he was recaptured a few days after his escape. Ultimately, he was pardoned by Finnish President Juho Pasakivi in December of 1948. Torney then moved to Venezuela with a group of other former Finnish soldiers, and he began working on cargo ships. In 1950, while off the coast of Mobile, Alabama, Torney jumped ship and swam to shore. He settled into the Finnish community of Brooklyn, New York, and in 1954, under the provisions of the Lodge Philbin Act, Torney was granted U.S. citizenship in exchange for enlisting in the U.S. Army. To affirm his status as an American, he changed his name from Lowry Alan Torney to Larry Allen Thorne. Larry Thorne became a Green Beret soon after his enlistment, and he taught skiing and guerrilla warfare tactics to other Green Berets. 
1957, he became a first lieutenant in the Army Signal Corps, and he was promoted to captain in 1960. In 1963, Thorne was deployed to South Vietnam to help South Vietnamese forces in the Vietnam War. That year, an attack by the North Vietnamese Army took place at Thorne's encampment in Tinh Bien. Thorne was wounded while defending other soldiers, and for his valor, he received two Purple Hearts and a Bronze Star. After a brief period of leave, during which he became engaged to a Finnish-American woman named Maria Kops, Thorne returned for a second tour in Vietnam in February of 1965. Soon after, the U.S. Army began Operation Shining Brass, a reconnaissance mission in the Ho Chi Minh Trail in the Quang Nam province of Vietnam. Thorne was involved in this mission, but it would soon end in tragedy. On October 18, 1965, two CH-34 helicopters and a Cessna 01 bird dog left Cam Duke's Special Forces camp. While flying over the Phuc Son district, the three aircraft hit turbulent weather. While one of the CH-34 survived, the other one, as well as the O-1, did not. Both crewmen in the O-1 were killed, as were all six crewmen in the CH-34. Among them was Larry Thorne. He was 46 years old. In 1969, President Richard Nixon, who had a summer home in Saddle River, New Jersey, posthumously promoted Thorne to the rank of Major and awarded him the Legion of Merit. In 1999, Thorne's remains were found by a joint Finnish and American task force, and in 2003, he was buried at Arlington National Cemetery. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. This was a very interesting topic for me to research, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash historiaobscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash historia obscura and become a patron. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long.